It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down American loser the day I was born Hello, welcome back to another edition of American Loser. Uh, it is Super Bowl Sunday, guys. Hey. All right, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we're recording before the big uh, game here, but it's going to be the uh, Chargers and the Patriots. And uh, we're doing a re-record here due to a couple of weird uh, audio incidents that we had. Rams um, and the Patriots. Rams. And, what did I say? Rams and Chargers. Chargers. Oh, no, you said it. Chargers Patriots. Well, you know what it was. Uh, L.A. doesn't deserve two teams. L.A. doesn't even deserve one team. If you're listening out in L.A., you're not a real football fan. Okay, you don't get to wake up in the morning <laughs> and put on football <laughs> like you're watching Good Morning America. Okay, <laughs> you don't get that. But uh, no. That being said, I hope we have a great game here. And uh, if I win uh, my prop bet, I told you about. Uh, Kerry, I bet that uh, the uh, L.A. Rams, were go- if their defense scores a touchdown, I bet $180 that their defense would score a touchdown, and it returns over $1,000 right now. It's not bad. So, oh, if I, I mean, you know how many episodes of American Loser we can make with that kind of money? Because <laughs> we got to pay the man that makes the show possible here. We are at a Shared Universe studio. Uh, they made special accommodations for us to make up for this episode here on a Sunday, so I really appreciate that to my friends Ming and Mike Zapsik. Uh, I said Ming and Mike Zapsik like they're a married couple. Um, <laughs> and uh, our boy, of course, uh, the, the best sound engineer on the planet, uh, my friend, Mr. Big Kahuna, behind the ones and twos. What's going on, man? How are you? Um, uh, thank you for coming out on this Sunday, buddy. All right? No problem. I'm only mildly disturbed that you look like a wife-beating uh, 50s house husband. I am, uh, I am dressed in a full suit here um, because uh, Super Bowl Sunday, very important holiday to us who consider football God's chosen sport. What's it like shutting down the Ghostbusters it's business? A- <laughs> It's uh, I'll put it this way. We actually did a really cool photo shoot today, me and a bunch of uh, my friends. My uh, supremely talented uh, friend, Danny McDonald. Uh, she's an awesome photographer. Did she have a farm? Um, no, oddly, her husband's name is Rich. Rich McDonald. <laughs> yeah. So he, you've actually met Rich. He was the guest for William Jennings Bryan. Yeah. Okay. He's a good man. So uh, his beautiful wife is actually a incredibly talented photographer and used a bunch of us for a photo shoot today in the Mills and Patterson. Kerry, you haven't been down to the Mills of Patterson since your cocaine addiction. Is that correct? Correct. How <laughs> <laughs> did you know I went there? Kerry never had a coke problem, guys. Kerry was too mean. That was me. But um, yeah, so of course we're joined uh, by the Kahuna by the ones and twos, and I've already spoken to her here once, a couple of times, because she had to correct me. Um, it's the meanest girl in the world, backed by popular demand, my uh, my beautiful sister, Kerry Arax Burke. Thanks for coming in, Kerry. Of course, no problem. <clears throat> How are you feeling today? Oh, pretty good. You know, on vacation. Who would you pick for the Super Bowl? Rams. You pick the Rams? Oh, yeah. Okay, well, uh, I'm picking the Rams defense to score. Otherwise, I don't give a shit. I just want a good game today. All right? <laughs> and uh, that being said, we have a very, very interesting American loser here this week. Uh, we talked about him a little bit yesterday, and like we said, we kind of had to can that one. Um, so we get a redo. It's a very rare mulligan on this show, to uh, to borrow a golf term. But uh, uh, I apologize for that. Just some audio stuff. It's It happens. Shut up, dummy. Um <laughs> But uh, so now originally you're from Jersey City, right, Kahuna? Yeah. Okay. I grew up in Jersey City. Now in Jersey City, there's a particular uh, uh, piece of the, uh, the I, I, I call it, because in the 1950s, Dwight Eisenhower is the reason why we have uh, like Route 80 that goes from uh, you know, New York City all the way to California. It's also the reason we have 95, the interstate, all that other stuff. Um, before the interstate, though, one of the modern marvels of the world was considered to be this little chunk of real estate known as the Pulaski Skyway. Which actually joins up. It's um, so it crosses the Passaic and the Hackensack River, right? And it um, it was considered a modern marvel for the time because it would reduce the commuter times for uh, large trucks that were trying to get into New York City and stuff like that, and also just regular commuters going in and out of the city area uh, by like up to ten, fifteen minutes. So it was this insanely incredible uh, achievement. Have you ever gone on the Pulaski Skyway, Cahoons? I have. It's obnoxiously high. 
It, it's it's not good for Big Kahuna, who's not a big fan of heights, <laughs> despite how tall Big Kahuna is. Not a big fan. I do like that um, we're doing the third person, uh, the rock voice. Yeah, I appreciate Big Kahuna, that. not fan. <laughs> big Kahuna, not fan at all. And um, I mean, growing up in this area, because uh, we all grew up in New Jersey. Um, we know we know the traffic report because if you're a kid listening to the radio in the morning while you're getting ready for school, there's a, uh, a overturned tractor trailer on the BQA. We don't know what it means, but as little kids, you hear that every single day. And there was almost always an incident with the Pulaski Skyway. It was actually closed for four years for repairs being made to this. Um, now, what's funny is that we consider the Pulaski Skyway as something we bitch about, right? But, uh, you know, Carrie, have you ever been stuck in traffic over in that area? Uh, no, I haven't actually. No, it's <laughs> uh, avoided at traffic all. Traffic in that area? Yeah, yeah. It's no. it's a thing. It's I remember I remember being maybe maybe seven or eight years old, and we were stuck in traffic on yeah on the bridge on the Skyway, and my my dad who didn't care was waiting for the cops to be like it's okay we can go through we're in the car for two hours waiting for them to clear this wreck. My dad puts the seat back, puts the movie on for us to be distracted, <laughs> and, he, and he goes to sleep. Meanwhile, I'm sitting in this car, like, low-key freaking out because we're – I could look over and see down into the river, and I'm just like, nope, 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 well, Now, imagine building that because that's a really good point you made there. Nah. Imagine building it. Now, Ke- Carrie not. and I's um, – because my dad, my beautiful father, Lawrence Patrick Burke, my dilf of a dad. We miss you. Who is down in South Beach. He's going to be back soon for some more episodes, guys. Okay. Um, but uh, – his father actually helped build the George Washington Bridge. Get the hell out he of here. He was involved in the construction of that. And so that classic picture of all the guys up there sitting on an eye bar of steel with their, eating their lunches and everything, yeah. that's kind of what he was doing. So pretty wild stuff. But imagine building that sky, Pulaski Skyway. One, you have to have balls of steel. Like Absolutely. actual balls of steel. Well, and now like, the, the cool thing with the Skyway is that you're building this thing that is known as literally a super highway. This is 1932, by the way. This is pre-World War II era. So you're post-World War I, pre-World War II, and they're building this amazing fucking superhighway. And the guy who is uh, – his name was uh, Johannesson, uh, was the uh, – I believe he was a Danish architect that was brought in in order to help create this you know, magnificent thing that was going to bring New Jersey into uh, the, you know, the modern world, if you will. We still haven't quite gotten there, if you ask me, but that's just you know, the backwards idea of Jersey. But it's, uh, it's part of our history. It's in the opening credits of um, The Sopranos. It's part of, as you mentioned to me the other day, Kahuna, it's in War of the Worlds that one of the alien monsters is uh, straddling that. It's also in an early Alfred Hitchcock movie. I'm not thinking of the title right now. I can't. But uh, Well, because it looks cool. We'll put up a photo of this for um, – It is a cool look. Cool. It is like one of the like more modern and cool looking bridges. Not when you look down. <laughs> well, it, now, remember too, it's also built before the Jersey Turnpike here. And, uh, but unfortunately, uh, they had a very slippery concrete mixture that what would happen is that these cars would get on there, a little bit of rain or whatever, if a car just took a uh, turn at the wrong angle. This became synonymous, the, the Pulaski Skyway, with massive crashes. Car crashes were happening almost on a daily basis over there. So they had this weird design thing too because they had um, very steep left side ramps and then a center breakdown lane that was like a suicide lane, Right. And the suicide lane, obviously, that's a lane that just changes direction of traffic depending on time of day. So it's like when you go into the city in the Holland Tunnel and you're going in and out of the same tunnel because they change the pattern of traffic. Nah. Oh, it's terrifying. All I picture is that movie Daylight with uh, Stallone every time I go in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, so they go ahead and they, they do this um, project, this superhighway, and now all of a sudden um, it's not quite working out the way they wanted it to. It's this beautiful bridge. It's going to change everything. It's saving all these commuters. But because truckers are on it, they're crashing their trucks almost all the time. It's, it's really getting to be dangerous. You're taking your life in your hand almost going on the Pulaski Skyway. And like we said, that joins uh, – it crosses over the uh, Hackensack and the Passaic River and gets you right into the deep heart of Big Kahuna country known as Jersey City, baby. So our loser for this week is not the bridge, Carrie. It's not the bridge. Sounds like a loser though. Uh, well, the losing uh, – here's why it all ties in. This is um, – because you're, you're right. Um, now, the guy who uh, – the, the gentleman's name was uh, Johannesson, who was the designer of this bridge. And uh, another Jersey City uh, icon, Boss Haig, Frank Haig, who was the mayor of Jersey City, pretty much Jersey City's Tammany Hall for regular listeners, is in charge of having this fucking thing made. Now, uh, what makes it crazy 
is that uh, those guys don't get blamed for the bad Skyway. They never got the bad name because the Skyway wasn't named after them. So the Skyway is named after this guy Pulaski, and we're all bitching about traffic. Fucking Pulaski. Oh, goddamn Pulaski Skyway. Fucking. But it's definitely all his fault. So it's all his fault. Well, what do you know about the guy? Do you know anything about him? Uh, only because you asked me to do this podcast, I had to look him up. Because <laughs> the research. Skyway was the only thing I could think of related to him. Well, because everybody in Jersey knows the Pulaski Skyway, but I don't know if we know the story behind it. So today what I want to do is I want to just dive into that real quick if we can. Um, so now, uh, as I told um, uh, you guys earlier, everybody kind of knows this. I'm, I'm very lucky. I, I work uh, – uh, the little bit I get to work in stand-up comedy, I love. But uh, I do have a day job. So day job is I work uh, excavation and across the street from this plumbing shop in Wallington, New Jersey, which by the way, Wallington, very strong Polish population. All I right? did not know that. Well, you know how like Boston has a big Irish population and then there's uh, you know all the Italians in like Garfield, New Jersey. Mm. Garfield being named after James Garfield, another former American loser. I thought that was named after Garfield the cat. That's a <laughs> – well, as we covered, he did die on a Monday. Um, that's why Garfield <laughs> hates Mondays. But um, – yeah, so I found uh, uh, across the street in Wallington, New Jersey, this plumbing shop that I would, I would always go to for work. There's a bust of a statue up against the Passaic River. And uh, it's this little kind of dirty park. There's a picnic table in there, but if anybody ever sat there, um, it was probably to it, either sell their bodies or buy um, drugs. <laughs> <laughs> so not a really um, beautiful place to be. But there's this bust of a statue, and uh, the guy's name is uh, Kashmir Poreshki. Right, because the Polish people have this—it's it's a very fun accent to get lost in. <laughs> but we're going to call him. We're going to Jerseyfy him, Casimir Pulaski, for this episode. Okay? Do you know? Uh, I know you know a little bit about him because of the research, Cahoon. Do you know anything about this guy off the top of your head? Besides the creepy Skyway, nah. Besides, <laughs> I, I did just discover a fun piece of information. The Hit me, bud. the movie Hair actually filmed a sequence on the bridge and I found a whole bunch of cool behind the scenes photos of the cast and crew those are cool actually it. filming on the bridge when it shut down yeah that's uh, what the 19 it has to be the 1970s because all the women 1960s look like uh, and 70s yeah they all they look like uh, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin and um, men look like women yeah. it's wild because it's it's completely shut down they had helicopter shots the cranes this is 19. 19- 77? 79. Oh, hang on. Beverly D'Angelo, John Savage, Treat Williams. Uh, there's some really good names in this. Yeah. Beverly D'Angelo just never gets old either. And then uh, Treat Williams, uh, he's great. And uh, John Savage was in one of my favorite movies, The Deer Hunter. You never seen Hair? No, never saw Hair, bud. So. I recommend it. It's Wait, a good it's time. Right. Now that I know that it's the Skyways in there. Now there's a band called Clutch that has a song called Pulaski Skyway as well that I'm a huge fan of that band. But uh, now we got to dive into Pulaski himself. Who's fascinating? If you pull up a picture of him, we're going to put the picture up for the Instagram account. Um, he looks like in the face. He looks like my father. All right, he's got this cool mustache and everything. Right from the nineteen seventies, though. He uh, from the nineteen seventies, Dad. He had hair then. <laughs> uh, no, well played, Kerry. Um, we're not actually. Uh, we're not allowed to show photos of Larry Burke with hair to my friend Jackie Byrne because she just goes, she has a huge crush on dad. But um, <laughs> No, she doesn't. Oh, she's very obvious with it. But um, <laughs> So now Casimir is an interesting guy here. Uh, Poland, I didn't realize this, uh, that Pulaski is uh, considered a hero of the American Revolution, but he was born in Poland. Okay. And I didn't realize this. Around that time frame, Poland is considered one of, it's really one of the most interesting countries in the world. When you look at Poland on a map, you got to realize because Poland is a trope of um, Polish jokes all the time. You always hear the jokes about dumb Polish people, right? That's the the running joke here. Mm-hmm. But they have this awesome culture. They have really good beer, by the way, and the food's pretty damn good as well. But when you look at Poland on a map and you think about the time frame we're in, you have um, there uh, the, you got the Ukraine, uh, Lithuania, the Czech Republic, all, and then right smack dab in the middle between Germany and Russia, two of the preeminent world powers. Uh, who I don't know if you guys pay attention to a whole lot of history, they don't get along. Germany and Russia, not really the best of friends here. Um, and now Poland is smack dab in the middle of them. Poland is revolutionary for the time because they still had a monarchy, okay? But in Poland, uh, they would actually elect their king. So it was the king of the Commonwealth of Poland. It was um, it was actually a Polish-Lithuanian union. So the two of them have a lot in common here. And uh, anyone who has ever Googled Lithuania, you usually Google, um, you know, their gymnastics team right afterwards. Who Googles Lithuania? Um, Well, they're they're kind of the most beautiful women on the planet. 
So um, a lot of a lot of guys have Googled Lithuania. Um, I'm missing out on something apparently. Um, no, you're not. It's uh, you'd like it. <laughs> Literally, the first result when you type in Lithuania is Lithuanian women. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I think. Um, I believe. Uh, oh, you uh, are not kidding. I want to say Trump's wife is uh, from Lithuania, but um, yeah. So it, it's uh, it's an interesting chunk of the world here. But Poland's fascinating because we we reduce their um, impact on the world stage, but they're actually a really progressive country at the time. The fact that you could elect. Um, your king. Now you couldn't elect somebody, uh, you know, like off the streets, a poor person or whatever. But uh, you would have a series of noblemen that would uh, then have to run and try to win your vote over. Now here's a funny thing: um, the Pulaski's are a very popular uh, family in their area in Poland that they're growing up in. So he's part of the nobility. Okay, uh, gets into politics kind of at an early age and everything like that, and starts uh, having a you know a little bit of a experience with the military. Now what the Poles are amazing at. Okay, because you talk about um, uh, British light cavalry. It was always a thing that that's why the British Empire was really great because they had light cavalry. And then you would talk about um, the uh, the horseback uh, escapades, if you will, of the Huns and the Mongols that they could almost turn around with a bow and that you're, they're hitting you from a distance. You can't even get close to them. Right. And then you have like the Greeks would have that weird, really weird close thing they do where they become a turtle. By putting all their shields up in the air, so it would be one giant turtle, so you couldn't hurt them. Right. So they all have these cool things they're known for. Poland doesn't get the credit that they deserve. They have these amazing cavalry things called winged hussars. H u s s a r s. They are. They look otherworldly, right? They they're incredible looking. I'm not gonna even front like they're they're really cool. <laughs> they. Well, it looks like um, when you look at them, uh, these winged hussars. Uh, they look like part Native American, okay, and then they also look like part samurai, and then they look like part shining armor. You know what I mean, like like a knight in shining armor kind of. Thing. So it's almost uh, a combination of all these. And there's a little Roman thing to them too, with the way the helmets are. They're really uh, they are pretty badass looking. Well, just imagine it's, it's just like a bunch of cultures just had a baby, and it was that armor, <laughs> like. Well, imagine, um, you know, because Carrie and I are uh, – Carrie's British. I'm Irish because we're both adopted. But um, imagine uh, Carrie and I are in the British Army and uh, we're in infantry, if you will, and we're going into this fight and uh, we're fighting Polish people uh, and the winged hussars, these giant bird-like, god-like creatures who are excellent horsemen come flying down at us. That's a really cool picture you have there too. I'm going to ask you to send that to me for the uh, the No Instagram. problem. But uh, what the <laughs> picture he badass. has here, it, it's of them fighting the Ottomans. So Poland's cool because they're able to fight the Ottoman Empire, one of the big empires at the time. They're also able to fight off the Russian influence, but then they also maintain their independence from Germany. Uh, now, Germany's not real yet because Germany only became a country in the late 1800s. A lot of people don't know that. But um, under this time, they were known as the Holy Roman Empire. Okay, so that split that happens uh, from the uh, um, when the fall of the Western Roman Empire, Rome still continues, but it's known as the the Byzantines. Okay, and I know that if you're American history fans, we're not talking about this, but you have to unpack the weird culture that our boy Pulaski's coming from here. So um, you got the Byzantines who are Eastern Orthodox, right? So that's you're going to be your Russians and all that other stuff. Then you have the Catholic Church, which is the Holy Roman Empire. And Poland's Catholic. And Poland is Catholic, but it shares a border pretty much with Russia. So Russia's always trying to come in. Then you got the Ottoman Turks always trying to come in. And there's that idea of uh, Zoroastrianism, which is another form of religion, and then also the Muslim influence and everything. I mean, Poland has to have their shit together in order to stay on. These photos are ridiculous, Kahuna. <laughs> Jar Jar. <laughs> Someone has a photo of uh, Jar Jar Binks as a winged hussar, and it's ruined my life. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so they... I'm sorry, um, if I saw them coming down the battlefield at me, I'd shit my pants and run. No, nah, I think that's what's brilliant about their armor, because it is such an, um, like... It's such a hodgepodge of cultures that you don't know who's coming for you. Well, they have about, um, uh, I would say, two to three feet uh, behind them of feathers that almost looks like a Native American headdress, like Sitting Bull or something would wear. Or they should be playing, I believe I can fly. That's a <laughs> <laughs> Carrie wanted to get an R. Kelly joke in. Um, Before it was really an Free R. Kelly. That's what my sister has to say. Um, but um, these winged tassars actually, on a huge, huge battle, uh, known as the Battle of Vienna on September 12, 1683. There was this alliance between the Holy Roman Empire, we'll just call them Germany for uh, for ease of uh, conversation, 
the Habsburg monarchy, which was the Austrians, and the Polish-Lithuanian Commonwealth, they all joined forces to kick the shit out of the invading Turkish Ottoman Empire. So that's the picture Kahuna brought up that we're going to wind up putting up there. So these guys would come in, by the way. They'd have giant lances. So that the, these winged hussars, that's a, a very um, cavalry-heavy tradition that they have. Now they'd come in with these giant lances, like an old-school knight in shining armor. Then the, once the, you know, the lance was used, if you will, they broke the lance, usually in a person. Um, uh, now they're going to come back. They have a, uh, a giant stabbing sword, which is important. To, to, it's not a, a broad sword. All right, a stabbing sword is to go ahead and make your cuts forward. A uh, swiping sword would be like to try to cut a guy in half kind of a thing. Then um, as the times went on, they would also routinely carry multiple pistols from two to six pistols they would carry. And then they'd also carry a small carbine rifle. So these guys can kill you almost every which way there is. Oh, and then if you just don't get out of their way, they'll trample you with their horse too. So, uh, And now and also going back to the, the Polish um, – the, the feat of strength kind of a thing that those people are known for, they also carried war hammers like Thor. So imagine getting one of these guys off his horse and then he takes out a giant war hammer and you're like, I fucked up. So, yeah, I would not want to be against These things are actual no. destroyers. Like they – like that's – they are wild looking, man. It's it's it is one of the probably one of the coolest like pieces of armor I think I've ever seen. Oh, they're fast. I did not know anything about them before I started researching for this one here. And uh, the thing is, is that um, when we start talking about him. Uh, he's coming from this culture. Our boy Casimir Pulaski. He's part of that warrior culture. He identifies with the strong cavalry tradition of Poland, and he becomes an expert on horseback. Right? He's uh, absolutely kicking ass here. He's becoming one of the most famous people in his country. And uh, Poland's geography, like we said, makes it interesting because you got um, uh, czars to the right of you, you know, Germans to the right. Here we are stuck in the middle with you. So <laughs> you re- you really wanted that joke, didn't you? It's uh, well, because if you look at Poland, they're fucked, man. Imagine not having your shit together, right? And then you have literally the two biggest empires in Europe coming after you at all times. You have to have a sense of identity. That's They've why- been invaded all the time, right? Yeah, what's you, like- so special about it, though? Well, well, it's in the middle of everything. Also, Poland has a geographical advantage by having a giant chunk of the Baltic Sea open for trade on the water. So that's why it's a very desirable piece of land, uh, you know, real estate, if you will. Now, not for nothing, uh, you want to talk about how history always repeats itself. Russia and Poland, to this day, do not get along, all right? Because if you look on the map over here, like we're talking about, Germany is right to the left of them. And in the upper right-hand corner, Russia controls this chunk between them and Lithuania. So all these things still hotly debated all the time. But um, like we said, Poland, uh, fascinating people here. They have this Commonwealth king that can be elected here. But Pulaski is born to a wealthy noble family, so he'd be one of the people that could be elected. Right, uh, Pulaski is born to that wealthy family in 1745. His birth date's disputed, by the way. I've noticed that with so many great people that we've covered in history, we don't actually know when their birthday is. No one wants to but, reveal their age, man. Yeah, it's that weird thing where like a woman will tell you, oh, "I don't want to say how old I am." I was like, "Just say how old you are. You look great for your age, no matter what." You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, also, the, your your age is the first thing they print on your obituary, so we find out in the end. You know. Um, Pulaski's born in 1745 to that uh, Roman Catholic family like we were talking about here. Um, but uh, in 1762 now, uh, Pulaski decides it's time to go ahead and get involved in the military. Um, now, Carrie, you had something interesting about the Pulaski coat of arms. Uh, yeah, he could be related to half of Poland. Um, the, the coat of arms that I can't pronounce the name of the family for has 993 surnames under it. Well, did he have any misses or family or children afterwards or was he a bachelor most of his life? Uh, they don't really talk too much about his personal life here because he's got a tragic um, Greek hero thing, almost like we were talking about with Shoeless Joe Jackson uh, last week. But um, just having a very common name, Pulaski is a super common name. And uh, the Poles are funny people because they always have um, names like mostly vowels and then it ends in ski or whatever. So, like the Armenians with the I-A-N. I-A-N-Y-A-N, right? So they're very interesting people here, but uh, he quickly gets into uh, the military because uh, they're constantly having these land disputes like we talked about with uh, the Russian Empire who's always encroaching. Russia thinks of itself as the new Rome and Germany considers itself the continuation of Rome or the new Rome in the West. So – and then Poland's like, guys, can we please just be Poland? All right? We're trying here. We're really fucking trying. But um, Poland is a Catholic country and uh, they're loyal to the Pope, but they're still stuck in this weird tough situation. Uh, in 1764, 
the polls have that Commonwealth election like we were talking about. Now, this is where our boy gets important, okay? In 1764, the polls elected a new monarch. You want to talk about like – this is a badass name. He wasn't a badass king, but this is a ba- – if you met a guy and he goes, my name is Stanislaw. You'd be like, all right, I'm not fucking with Ivan Drago over here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Vigo the Carpathian. Yeah. <laughs> you just get out of here. There's a lot of good names for him, man. But, uh, so they elect uh, Stanislaw August II. Okay. Now he becomes elected uh, to uh, the king of the Commonwealth of Poland and Lithuania. Now here's why that's interesting. People rejected him being elected because they thought that he was a Russian puppet. Okay. This is 1764. Why did they vote for him then? 1764, they, uh, the, there was this undue influence. So that's always the problem that comes down with democracy. Democracy is absolutely the greatest thing that's ever happened to mankind. Thank you, Greeks, for inventing democracy. But there's ways to um, corrupt democracy, right? So in 1764, it is the, one of the first times in history that we start hearing about a story that's plaguing us right now in 2019 of the Russians rigged the election. Is this Trump's past life? This is uh, – I mean it, it's a weird thing, right? Because history repeats itself on that. Now, we're a history show, not a politics show, so we, I won't go too, too heavy into that. Also, listeners, just do yourself the favor and joy of looking up Russian puppet on Google Images because uh, some interesting things come up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's what they said in Poland is that uh, Stanislaw II is just a puppet of Russia. And one of his uh, early on commands is he actually allows Russian troops to enter Poland. That does not sit well with people. Sounds like a smart idea. Yeah, really great idea. I'm not a, I'm not a, a puppet. I promise I'm not a puppet. I'll just – here, talk to my Russian friends. They'll tell you how great I am. As he waves his Muppet arms away and screams off ah! stage. <laughs> Cuts the string real quick. So. Falls limp. <laughs> Nothing to see here, folks. Gets the cane that sweeps him off stage. So our boy Casimir Pulaski, him and his father, not having this. They're not very happy with him. So they join what is known as the Bar Confederation. Okay. Uh, you got anything on the Bar Confederation, Kerr? Uh Is that where you go to a bar? Uh, Carrie. I'm just saying. Work harder. All right. Seriously, saying. you're my sister. People are depending on you here. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's when you declare that Johnny Max is your bar and your bar alone. And you, <laughs> held, and you hold all the pizza hostage for yourself. And if people want it, they got to pay extra for it <laughs> or not invade at all. <laughs> well, what's cool here too is that uh, now this uh, this rebellion here, uh, it's, it's a popular rebellion, the Bar Confederation. And uh, Casimir Pulaski is so beloved, he actually starts attracting members of the standing Polish army to join him. So now Casimir Pulaski, like we said, this badass cavalry dude. So he's going to go ahead. He's uh, riding on horseback. There's almost a knights in shining armor vibe to it. But you're coming into, um, you know, the you're in the 1700s now. So uh, the advent of uh, firearms and gunpowder and all that other shit. It's really a changing world here. But uh, what I love about the Bar Confederation, what they saw was this is really the core of their belief was they just wanted to expel the Russian troops from Poland. They weren't even necessarily wanting the king deposed. They just didn't want Russian troops in their homeland. Pretty reasonable. All right. Um, Casimir was placed in charge of the cavalry due to his uh, exemplary equestrianship. Plus the plus the Russian army the the Russian armor probably didn't look as cool so they were like ah eh, we don't want them Russian armor looks cool the wing tassar is amazing because it almost looks like um, their masks make them look like Shredder from the Ninja Turtles wearing a, a Native American uh, yeah Native American headdress with Japanese body armor and then a lance from like a, a knight of the Round Table in uh, Britain so it's almost like if you culturally appropriated the entire world at that time <laughs> into one amazing costume you'd have these winged hussars who it's so truly cool. yeah. That's the most accurate description I think yeah. we've come up with. <laughs> well, you see what Damn, happens when we have unsee- a chance to riff a little. I can't unsee the, I can't unsee the shredder thing now. <laughs> Turtles. <laughs> um, Rest peace, James Avery. But uh, Casimir is, uh, like I said, placed in charge of that cavalry, and he starts getting international attention here. He's winning several victories. So the Bar Confederation early on is having massive success against the Russian influence and the standing Polish army that is just loyal to Stanislaw. Whether or not he's actually a puppet remains up to uh, dispute. But um, his uh, own actions actually start even to attract defectors from Poland's standing army over to the Confederates like we were talking about. So that's pretty fucking cool. So this guy is a man of the people here. Uh, now, Pulaski is actually captured eventually after a couple of victories. He uh, has a, a one small defeat, but he gets captured at the city of uh, Birchkow or something like that, Berdyskow. I really would like to have known how to pronounce that, but 
it's one of those crazy Polish things where uh, it's exclusively vowels and you have no idea how to, like, even my <laughs> Polish friends at the job site wouldn't know how to pronounce this. But um, due to his popularity when he was captured, um, they sat there. There's always this thing that um, if you have a uh, – if you have somebody who's rebelling against you, you need to put the rebellion down. But you don't want to make them a martyr so that that person can have his followers rally around his death to then continue to attempt to overthrow you. So what uh, King Stanislaw did is when they arrested him, uh, he said, hey, listen. there's the Sith have some things to learn. <laughs> there's this bar confederation thing. Uh, you're very popular, Casimir Pulaski. Do me a favor uh, and go ahead and let us um, – we're going to release you. But don't fight us anymore and tell your friends to give the fight up too, man. We're just we, – let, let's, let's end this thing. And he goes, uh, absolutely. No, I totally understand, guys. That's great. Thank you so much. I'm going to walk over here with the uh, other guys here on my way back to the Confederation camp. As soon as I get there, I'm going to tell them this fight's over. It's not there. Oh, am I out of your custody now? Hey, guys, listen, I'm back. I had to promise them I wasn't going to fight anymore, but I don't think that really counts. So let's go fuck up these Russian-owned Polish people. Uh, I'm right back in the fight here. And uh, guess what? Uh, even the people who supported him did not like that. They thought it was a little bit of a scumbag move. And his own father, who was in charge of him, debated whether or not he should be court-martialed for even allowing himself to uh, enter into this agreement with the Stanislaw whole uh, – uh, you know, the, the oligarchy, we'll call it, because he wasn't in firm control. He was part of a puppet regime. But um, – not for nothing. It's it's like a pinky promise, right, Kerr? Like when you and I would yeah, fight. where you're holding your fingers behind your back, crossed. Yeah. yeah. Like when Carrie would tell me, she's like, I promise I'm not going to punch you in the face anymore. And I'd be like, you sure, Carrie? And then she'd be like, she's like, do you want a donut? So wait, people were mad at Casimir? <laughs> people were mad at Casimir for going back on the deal that the people were like, we don't want to fight anymore? And some yeah. Of, yeah, some of his own men, uh, including his own father, were like, well, that's kind of a, a scumbag move. Now, now we don't look good because now you're going back on your word. And they released you thinking that the war was going to end. But uh, as soon as Casimir returned to the Confederates, he reneged on his promise and went right back into the rebellion. Um, now, during uh, – he's lost a little bit of popularity here. But during a siege of the rebellion's own headquarters, right? So it's always a very special episode of G.I. Joe when Cobra attacks the G.I. Joe base directly, right? That was always my favorite episodes. Um, our boy Casimir Pulaski. Because it added some real tension. Like, yeah. like even if like they're coming for. Oh, it's like when um, the foot soldiers would enter the Ninja Turtle swamp. Uh, not the swamp. The, the, uh, the, the sewers. swamp. Yeah. What is this Shrek? It's a well. Swamp thing was also around that time. You got to remember. That's true. That's true. But uh, anyway, so they um, Casimir Pulaski actually defends brilliantly uh, under the siege with uh, not a whole lot of men either. Uh, fights back the Russians and the Polish on that one, and again wins back all that popularity. It's like. Uh, Every head coach has to get fired uh, until they win a playoff game. And they're like, oh, my God, we have the future. And then he turned into Master Splinter and then Shredder <laughs> became the major bad guy and a legacy was born. Yeah, we have uh, we have so much to build on here. You know what I mean? <laughs> but like people wanted Pat Shermer fired for the Giants just to make a football reference here. They wanted him fired when we were losing. And then we started piecing it together towards the end of the season. They're like, well, he's the best we got. All right. So let's see what else he can do here. So. Pulaski's now back in popularity, back in control of a lot of things. He's very effective in the field, all right? Um, but one weird thing that happens is that he actually attracts these troops from Lithuania that come out because they want to fight for Pulaski. He's becoming a national icon. So the Lithuanians have now entered this fight because the Lithuanians have a lot to lose because if Poland falls to Russian control, now Lithuania is next. All right, they're right there. They share that border. Again, after you're done Googling the women, Google Lithuania. Learn a little bit about them. Fascinating people. But uh, now the guy who was actually um, uh, the foil, if you will, to Pulaski's brilliance in the field was this guy, uh, uh, Alexander Surovov, or Suvorov, I should say, who is one of the most brilliant Russian generals, just one of the most brilliant generals of all time. And every time Pulaski pulls off a victory, uh, this guy counters him. So if he lays siege to a city, then Suvorov will relieve the city, right? And if he wins a battle, then Suvorov will win that territory back a couple weeks later. Suvorov is a fucking genius. And uh, Pulaski actually gets shot off his own horse during a battle against him. So something that happens to him a couple of times here. The horse dies, he doesn't. But Pulaski's a stubborn Polak, so he gets right back up and fights again. <laughs> so uh, now like we were saying, um, are we missing anything on the Bar Confederation here so far, Kara? 
No. 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 It's, it's an interesting fight here, and it's not a part of American history like we said, but we're just trying to give you an idea of what this guy's early life is like before he comes into the picture. Yeah, he seems to win a battle, then lose a battle, and then win a battle, lose a battle. Mm-hmm. It's called being 500, yeah. right? It's a <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what winds up happening next here is that uh, although Pulaski is still effective in the field, um, he routinely disobeys orders from other members of the, uh, the Confederation, if you will, and earns himself a reputation as a loose cannon. It's more fun to be that way. I think so, too. It is fun to watch a loose cannon go off here, right. but uh, this leads to a massive Confederation defeat one time because Suvorov, uh, is he goes ahead and attacks the Bar Confederation. Pulaski achieves a victory by attacking a different group of the troops. Um, but he doesn't reinforce his original guys, so Suvorov defeats them. It's a massive setback for the Bar Confederation. So pretty much he won um, – he decided it was more important to win the coin toss than to win the game. <laughs> All right? But uh, he, uh, he does that thing and now um, after a failed attempt to kidnap the king, this becomes a plot that they get involved in. Um, their idea is that they're going to kidnap the king and Casimir Palacio goes, I don't know, guys. It doesn't sound like an honorable thing to do. And they say, well, we promise we're not going to hurt him. So, not going to kill him, just yeah, kidnap him. That makes kidnapping okay as long as you don't kill him, right? You're like, hey, I brought you back though, right? Right? Right, honey? Right? You borrowed the person. <laughs> we'll give you back. You're only borrowed and displaced for a couple of minutes. You're fine. Right. You're not dead. No That's all that matters. No so they said they were going to go ahead. just a little deflated. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Kahuna with a football <laughs> reference. Good for you, bud. I'm proud of you here, man. Um, but like we said, uh, this loose cannon reputation is combined with this now uh, the failed plot to kidnap the king. Um, when you try to kidnap the king, there's bad shit that happens with it. Even if you succeed, there's bad shit that happens. Their plot does not succeed. You're kidnapping a king. Yeah. You and, uh, say it in the sentence alone is just a horrible – like no one would go looking for him at all. No, do, uh, do no, either of you know the term? No do either of you know the term for uh, what it means to kill a king? There's regicide. Actually a regicide, right? Uh, Thank he, you to the Lion King for teaching me that one. <laughs> Mine was Age of Empires too. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, regicide is actually one of the things that he's accused of and convicted because he's tried in uh, absentia, if you will. So he doesn't even show up to his own trial, which don't show up for your own trial. And he was sentenced to death, right? He would have been sent. He was pretty much banished. That if he ever came back to Poland, that he was going to be uh, murdered and his uh, title was given away, his family's lands were given away, all this other stuff. So now you got this ass-kicking hero of the Bar Confederation, this badass Polish dude. He's got no army to fight for anymore. So they banish him over to Prussia. He's in Prussia now and he's trying to figure out what he's going to do here. What's my next move? Um, he winds up over in France, tries to join the French military. And a uh, funny thing about the French, they wanted nothing to do with him. Maybe it's because he didn't come in looking like a winged hussar. A winged <laughs> Think about that. If he walked in like that, they'd if be like, had, oh, hell yeah, we want him. If he had entered like the France town, like a Paris town square, and everyone was just like, what? We need him. Just right? from the look alone. <laughs> he might Sway have, um, public opinion towards himself. He might have gotten off easy here, too, because uh, France wanted nothing to do with him. They wouldn't allow him to join the military. And uh, he was routinely being thrown into jail because in France you could be jailed for not paying your debts on time. So, um, you know, we've all had a bill collector call us every now and then. Imagine if that came with jail time, we'd all be paying our shit on time. I'm just saying. Either that or I'd be in jail. Yeah, we'd be doing this podcast from jail. We'd be uh, scraping it into the walls with a piece of soapstone. Put the phone hide up to the, the microphone. Hide the recorders up the mm, – no, never mind. Um, uh, I'm not going to go there anymore. Yeah, than it's I have a, to. a shared universe indeed. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, he's getting thrown in and out of jail for not paying his debts here. Casimir Pulaski, badass hero of the Bar Confederation, can't find a fucking job in France. And then a guy decides he wants to meet him. A uh, guy's name is uh, – on recommendation, by the way, to set up this meeting. Nick Fury. Is, uh, uh, he pretty much is the Nick Fury of this uh, if you want to go the Avengers route. Uh, Marquis de Lafayette, the badass French hero of the American Revolution. Uh, he comes over and he decides – he goes, hey, man, um, Pulaski, I want you to meet my friend Ben Franklin. So Benjamin Franklin is in France at this time. Uh, who has syphilis too, by the way. It's one of the most hilarious things in history is that Ben Franklin has syphilis, I believe. Well, it's all those women he was with. Yeah, he uh, he threw it around a little bit. But what are you going to do? He's Philly trash, Carol. You know what they do over there. But <laughs> um, Ben Franklin goes ahead and uh, almost shows up like Nick Fury and says, I'm recruiting a team. I'm putting together a group of people. 
and uh, I want you to be a part of it. You're uh, the badass cavalry hero of Poland. Well, why don't you head on over to America and help us kick the shit out of the British? So, so would now, he be who, Thor? I was I was gonna say Thor, but it sounds like. It's almost like Tony Stark because he does good but makes horrible decisions at the same time. <laughs> I wish I had seen yeah, enough of those movies to know what we're accurate. talking about. Um, it's, a, it's a weird thing too because uh, the Polish thing, they, they do have their love of, um, of Thor as well to a degree. But uh, he decides he's going to show up here. He becomes uh, – he's now the, the former top military leader of Poland and now he comes over to the United States of America. All right, and we're hot at war right now. This is 1777. Welcome to America, motherfucker. And, and this guy's an ass kicker without an ass to kick, and America just happened to give him a solid enemy. All right, so he's now fighting the British Empire here. He was recruited by the French hero Lafayette, like we said, and he moves on. Pulaski actually writes this gushing letter to Washington. Washington gets a letter from Lafayette. I actually know what this letter is. Do you mind if I say it? Talk to me. It's it's written, and this is an actual quote. I'm here. To kick ass and drink beer, and I'm almost out of beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's if he was from, Irish. A little <laughs> modification from they live, right? Here's what's weird. Kahuna, you're not too, too far off, by the way. So if you're General George Washington and you're leading this rebellion and you have, um, you have regular trained soldiers and then you have militiamen who are literally the Minutemen that uh, if you give them – you have to give them a heads up, but they stop being farmers and blacksmiths and then go grab their rifles and their soldiers again. They're not going to be the most effective soldiers, Okay. But they can mount a defense. So you're trying to build a standing army right now to go against one of the world's leading superpowers. It's that scene in Mulan when they're trying to train all the the horrible, <laughs> horrible. I'll people. make a man out of you. Yeah, basically. <laughs> it is. Um, it is hilarious to me that my sister and uh, the Kahuna are able to uh, join in for. It's a lot of Disney references and cartoon references. For them. And then I'm like, it's like how Bill Parcells one time said. <laughs> you guys make me feel old. Um, but he gets over here. Now, Washington gets this gushing letter from Lafayette and a gushing letter from Benjamin Franklin. And then he gets a letter that has this kick-ass quote, like you were saying, Kahuna, uh, from Pulaski himself. General Washington, I come here where freedom is being defended to serve and to live or die for it. Oh, so, so I wasn't that far off. No, he, he goes, I'm about this fight. This is a fight for, for good versus evil. This is uh, about you know uh, sovereignty. Overthrowing an empire. And by the way, I'm really good at fighting. Now, Actually, I think he, he was just this, bored. Now, who did he send this letter to? He sent it directly to General George Washington. Now, I feel like if if George had rejected him, I feel like at this point, George Washington would have been a jerk. And he would have been an American loser. Because like well, that that's such a great letter. Keep in mind, Washington was not uh, – we didn't get off to the hottest start with the revolution. We had a lot of bad stuff. Like Bunker Hill's considered a victory, but really it was just a standstill. Um, and then Lexington and Concord are, are not these massive engagements or whatever here. And uh, we get the shit kicked out of us in New York. So if you can import uh, a guy from overseas who knows how to whip a military into shape and who's routinely beating it. This guy beat Russia. He was able to fight off the Germans. He was able to fight off the Ottoman Turks. I mean this guy has done everything. They literally labeled him as uh, a three-time champion of Poland. He's a professional ass kicker. Yeah. And you're in dire need of those here, right? <laughs> so they go ahead, they get him on board, and uh, it's pretty cool because uh, Pulaski shows up in Philly, and he winds up uh, showing off on horseback all of the cool equestrian shit that he can do. Because keep in mind, these are mostly farmers here. You know, they're not they're able to ride horses, but now Pulaski's like doing backflips on them, and you know, uh, uh, you know, the no evil Knievel of the time. Yeah, he's the evil Knievel. Of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. You know, if they were to actually ever make a movie on this fool. I would love to see it done by Mel Brooks as a comedy. Uh, it would be a good one, too. Because I, especially if done like in a history of the world type way, I think that would be incredible. I, I, I could see it perfectly now. Gene Wilder, if he was still well, here. Just wait. We haven't even gotten into the, uh, the goofiest part of this is that uh, you have to remember the fact that uh, this war in America is being fought between the, uh, the colonists who uh, up until the war considered themselves subjects of England. And England, who consider themselves subjects of England. <laughs> so uh, they're all speaking pretty much the same language. They all have a very common culture. Now you're going to bring over Marquis de Lafayette, who's going to yell at you in French and tell you how to secure your sebel, you know? And you're going to have all that going on. And then you have Casimir Pulaski coming over and he goes, oh, I can't do a Polish accent. Um, <laughs> You can barely but, uh, do the French one, but it's uh, all good. Actually, my French accent is so good, it just uh, it's just an appalling Scares accent. Away. Yeah, <laughs> we, we have no listeners in France. We have a lot of listeners in Russia and Denmark. What up, Russia? How you doing? 
Don't uh, hate us after this episode. We're just <laughs> we're just talking history. Nah, they're good guys over there. Um, so in 1777, now uh, our boy Pulaski is over here for a little muscle job, right? He's going to go kick the shit out of the British on behalf of the uh, the colonists. And Kick Washington ass, loves him. Gum. Yeah, Washington loves him, man. Uh, he's very impressed by his uh, his use of uh, the horse, and uh, he's always talking about how well we need a cavalry, we need a cavalry. And now you got a guy who is literally Pulaski is known as the father of the American cavalry. So um, when you talk, when you see that Seventh Cavalry logo, that super famous military logo. Now, did he bring in the like the? I'm like going to assume uh, that probably came in a little bit <laughs> later on. Uh, and then everybody always had different charge sounds for them. But uh, Custer's part of the cavalry here. Um, the 7th Cavalry is in Vietnam uh, that the helicopters would land. That that's considered air cavalry. Oh, okay. So all of this, all that tradition goes back to Casimir Pulaski. Oh, wow. So, pretty So crazy. he started most of this stuff. Yeah, he's he considered wrote, the father of the American cavalry. Absolutely. And he wrote a lot of the um, the uh, formation details and all the uh, the kind of uh, the code of uh, conduct, if you will. So the bylaws That's still held up. Uh, well, the the birth of it, absolutely. You know, because uh, the Navy has a proud history at that stuff too. It all goes all the way back to the Revolution, man. We're very the military is very big on tradition, but um, now he's already impressed Washington. Uh, and during the Battle of Brandywine, as it's known, Pulaski orders a cavalry charge to cut off this British advance. The British advance that was coming on was very important too because uh, for some reason the line was exposed and General George Washington and his like 30 bodyguards that are assigned to him are exposed. So they might actually get captured and or killed. They, the British might actually get at the Battle of Brandywine. They might be able to capture the general of the Army of the Potomac, right? And we might be completely screwed and we're still under British rule to this day, right? But Casimir Pulaski gets this crazy cavalry thing going. Charges him off, cuts him off, and effectively saves George Washington's life. So Washington already likes this guy. Now he fucking loves him, makes him a brigadier general, and essentially puts him in charge of the entire cavalry of the Continental Army. So pretty cool guy there in and of itself. But uh, when you can save the guy, your boss's life, that's always a good thing too. Like imagine you saved Ming's life, Kahuna. All right? I guarantee you'd make $25 an episode instead of 20 <laughs> <laughs> But uh, like we said, uh, like my sister was talking about too, he becomes the uh, the father of the American cavalry here. Now um, he moves on, and it gets a little bit goofy here because uh, there's this um, goofier because he comes to New Jersey. That's goofy. Well, it, it is always strange when you come into New Jersey. Now, mind you, he's um, he's a popular commander because he's uh, he's a colorful personality, and he wins a lot. But like we were saying, there's that cultural divide now where uh, these guys are all taking orders in broken English from a guy from Poland. So a farmer from Virginia or, a, you know, a, a blacksmith from Rhode Island are sitting there getting yelled at in Polish by this guy um, whenever they're fucking up. So now you don't even know what you're doing wrong and you don't even understand that you're being told you're wrong. So um, he actually winds up coming. Here's your Jersey tie-in. All right. The Skyway is in New Jersey that's named after him, but he actually shows up in New Jersey in real life. He gets stationed uh, down in Trenton, New Jersey, and that's where he begins the formation of the cavalry force. But now during a skirmish where he teams up with General Mad Anthony Wayne, Carrie and I are from Wayne, New Jersey, by the way, named after General Mad Anthony Wayne, uh, Pulaski's own horse was again shot out from underneath him in present-day Gloucester City. All right? Pretty insane right here. So down the Jersey Shore, you go down the Jersey Shore to vacation, uh, Casimir Pulaski is getting shot at. So I'm surprised they haven't given him the nickname like Good Luck Casimir or something like that. Well, because like, it runs out towards the end. Oh, um, it absolutely <laughs> runs out. Most people with great luck have it violently run out. But like this he guy has bad luck on the horse, though. Not, yeah, well, bad luck for the horse. Like, but like, I wouldn't want to be his horse at that point. No, no, well, no horse like, would. Sorry. <laughs> well, let me ask you this one. Let me ask you this one though, Carrie. How many car accidents have you been in? Um, a couple fender benders. Nothing. Okay, nothing so big. all that is more than me. All right, um, but I'm not gonna. I should. I'm a woman. Uh, I can't Carrie, drive. Apparently, Carrie. Uh, there you go. Um, I went there. But no, uh, uh, if you got into a car accident, you wouldn't say, "All right, that's it. Learn my lesson. No more cars for me." Right? <laughs> I mean, no. Yeah, I was talking from the horse's point of view. I wouldn't want to be the horse. <laughs> the horse's point of view. <laughs> like Mr. Red or something. Like his point of view on this. Very funny on that one here. Um, now, the other thing that continues to uh, hurt his popularity is that um, he's not able to pay the guys on time. There's rumors that Pulaski was actually paying his own American troops out of his own pocket. 
But uh, sometimes there was also that there was the idea that he would suggest donations from the towns that he wasn't burning to the ground. Hey, guys, you like the Continental Army, right? Why don't you let us know with a couple of dollars here and there? We probably might not burn you down to the ground. Did they have tip jars strapped to the horses? Yeah, just a tip jar. (laughs) (laughs) Tips for excellent service and uh, not burning your barn. Um, But uh, now he gets down there and he's starting to become disillusioned with this. Uh, Pulaski's troops are struggling to understand him. The pay is not there. These money issues plague him his entire life and he resigns from his position. Okay. Well, he was also mad because he couldn't make a Lancer unit that he wanted. Well, uh, now having – that's really cool too. I'm glad you brought that up because the Lancer unit for uh, Pulaski, he essentially wanted knights in shining armor to be running – when you talk about a Lancer, that's having a giant spear that you're going to stab into somebody. Could you imagine how ridiculous it would be if the Apache war tribes of the, the Plains Indians um, are rushing at us with you know these giant spears with the arrowheads attached to them and we're countering them? with winged hussars in giant <laughs> land. I mean, that's that's the most colorful blood fest you've ever seen. Yeah. But uh, what uh, what's really cool here is uh, now he resigns from that command. He's not enjoying himself up in the north, right? And stop me whenever you uh, have anything else, Carrie. I know you did good research too. Um, Pulaski's troops, uh, you know, he moves on from them, resigns from uh, his command in the north. General Horatio Gates, who we've talked about, on uh, the podcast a couple of times. Real douchebag, if you don't know about him. Check out our past episodes on um, the uh, the unfounding fathers, if you will, as I like to call them. But uh, <laughs> So um, he actually moves him into uh, the, the south, if you will. He decides to send him down to Little Egg Harbor. You ever been to Little Egg Harbor, Care? I have. Right outside of Atlantic City, right? Yeah. Not. Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful area, but um, you always feel like something's up there, right? Um, that and I just kind of wish like that moment in time could be erased there was nothing beneficial to it to little egg harbor yeah oh not for me at least <laughs> oh damn all right so you got some Sorry. personal beef with little egg harbor then no right. it just wasn't exciting let's keep it on uh nothing let's keep it on the up and up here right we might have listeners in little egg harbor <laughs> but uh gates reassigns him he heads down to little egg harbor now the idea is that pulaski is going to recruit um some of the pirates and smugglers down there Okay, and they're going to come on board, and what he wants to use them for, the Continentals are going to pay these pirates, these mercenaries, to disrupt British trade because if the British can't resupply, they're going to have a harder time uh, getting through the winters, moving troops and stuff like that. So it's like the enemy of the en- – uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So that's what they're sending uh, Casimir Pulaski down there to go ahead and hook up with. Um, but now there's almost no security in Little Egg Harbor while they're down there. Well, um, so when he – Left to go to Little Egg Harbor, um, he actually stepped down from his position. Right. He resigned of command up north. Right. And then Gates actually uh, reappointed him to that rank of brigadier general and called him the commander of the horse and gave him the Lancer unit that he wanted with 68 Lancers. Old horse Dick Pulaski, as they called him. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he wouldn't have the Lancer unit, but now he's down in Little Egg Harbor. Well, now he has the Lancer unit. 68 oh. Lancers. No shit. Thanks okay. to uh, Gates. So Gates, who routinely misappropriated funds, gave right. us something useless. <laughs> yeah. Very cool then. Um, but he's down there with um, his men, and they're trying to recruit these pirates. And they have uh, – they're just set up in tents, right? There's tents. There's no security. They're not really prepared for it. The British row in under cover of darkness, right? Come in and murder 50 men by bayonet in the middle of the night. All right, it's known as the uh, the Little Egg Harbor incident or the uh, uh, the massacre, the massacre, if you will, oh, the at affair Egg. at Little Egg Harbor. Isn't that such a uh, soft name? Now, by the way, I gave this to Kahuna the other day. This is we're going to get off topic for two seconds here, but Kahuna's jaw dropped and hit the ground. My father is so good at finding these weird things. I happen to know something fucked up on this one, Kahuns. <laughs> I know we told you yesterday, but I'm going to remind you here again. Rahway, New Jersey. All right. When I was working down there uh, for uh, my plumbing job, there's a, a historical marker, and our father taught us to always read the historical markers. Right, Care? Read them? <laughs> Is that what they're there for? <laughs> Labor over them, but uh, for five minutes. I'm reading the one of them, and it's about a thing called the the Battle of Rahway. Right, is what it's known as, and it was a part of a small skirmish of the uh, British and Continental uh, troops, uh, known as the Forage War. Now, here's what's insane about the Forage War. It took place in Rahway, and it was not originally known as the Battle of Rahway because Rahway was what they changed the name of the town to. So here's your weird fucking left turn that we give you every episode. Uh, 
listeners at home, if you want to guess the original name of Rahway, I guarantee you're wrong. You'll um, never get it. It was known at the time as the Battle of Spanktown. <laughs> All right. I have tried for three years to come up with a joke on stage I could tell that's funnier than the fact that that town used to be named Spanktown and people died defending Spanktown. <laughs> I'd be embarrassed to live there. People went to Spanktown, Kerry, and they never came back. <laughs> what happened in Spanktown stayed in Spanktown. <laughs> <laughs> but that was known as the Forge War. They changed it to Rahway. Spanktown was literally supposedly received its name because during the early settling of it. It was a big prostitution town. Uh, might as well have been. Right? <laughs> Spanktown's a great name for a strip club, by the way. I don't know why nobody's on that one. Because it's so – well, to be fair, it's so on the nose. Like if you're if you're driving down the parkway with your kids and your dad's – and your kid's like, dad, dad, what? Spanktown. Oh, yeah, because uh, Passions is so under the radar. Uh, there was a strip club in uh, Cocoa Beach called Cheaters. Uh, it doesn't get more on the nose than that. But, oh, man. So now these men get murdered here, and uh, our boy Pulaski, he's not really thrilled with his command. He actually gets reassigned now, and he actually starts fighting against the Iroquois Confederacy. Now, fun thing about the Iroquois Confederacy is that it's Native Americans fighting on behalf of the British. So we send a Polish guy fighting on behalf of the colonialists who are against the British, who are agitating the Native Americans, but the Native Americans are on the side of the British because they want the colonialists out. If that confused you, it's because it's, it's fucking confusing. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't even follow that one. No, it's pretty much um, everybody's a pawn in everybody else's endgame. So the Iroquois Confederacy is like, all right, we're going to help the British get rid of the colonists, and then we're going to get rid of the British. But we're going to use the British to empower us to get rid of the colonists. And then the colonists are like... Uh, oh, we're going to send this immigrant from Poland over to beat up the people who were here originally because they're supporting the people who were here before us that we're trying to get rid of. Okay. If it's hard to unpack that, it's because it still doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, you uh, have to listen to that four times to get it. No, and again, it's just a goofy thing here, but uh, they go ahead and uh, Pulaski's not thrilled with the command yet again over here. So he's kind of not having a great time in the United States, especially not after uh, saving the president, uh, the future president of the United States, I should say. It just Quite. sounds like he gets bored often yeah. and wants change. I do have a also question, true. though. Hit me. How is he considered um, – I know that you said earlier that a lot of people – he was starting to lose favor with a lot of people. And then you said that he was paying his troops out of his own pocket. Normally, like, that puts you kind of in a, I don't know, that seems like a much nicer thing to do. Or am I the, am I wrong thinking that way? Or? This says that the pay wasn't on time either. Yeah, there was a lot of disputes as to uh, guys being underpaid, um, where the money was coming from. And then also, you can the language barrier is real. A lot of people blame racism uh, on, like, oh, I just can't believe it's racism. They're not angry at the color of a person's skin or the religion they are. A lot of times it's because they can't understand people. So uh, I could have a boss that's uh, you know, speaking French to me or whatever, and I could say, man, this guy's really a fucking dick, isn't he? And the guy's in French in the other room talking about how I'm his best employee, and I just can't understand it. <laughs> you know. So um, again, he's an interesting guy here, Pulaski. But that's what happens when you don't talk jive. Well, he uh, – <laughs> uh, Pulaski decides it's time to return to combat uh, in a European sense, okay? Um, probably because he was a little uh, alarmed at how much the winged hussars looked like some of the Native Americans he was probably fighting. Um, but he returns to the Southern Theater, and now this is cool. This is a multicultural affair. Uh, Pulaski is now leading in the Southern Theater. He is in control of both the American and the French cavalry during the Siege of Savannah. Here's why that's cool. A couple of years ago, this guy couldn't get a fucking job in the French army, okay? Now uh, he's best friends with General Washington, okay? And uh, he's actually in control and leading French troops. So, oh, uh, you wouldn't even hire me at the company. Now I'm your boss. So, And under the recommendation of Marquis de Lafayette. Uh, now, if you want to talk about um, – because obviously we know – we in this room know what happens to Pulaski here as we're about to talk about but I think he gets the last laugh because if he had joined the French military at this time, uh, just to give you an idea of what's going on in the world, the American Revolution happens. Shortly after that, the French Revolution happens. And uh, even Marquis de Lafayette was like uh, – he's like, oh, great. France is going to have a revolution now too? And then you get over here and you go, oh, shit. This is nothing like what we did in America. <laughs> We're beheading everyone. Um, but yeah, so he misses out on the French Revolution here, but he's leading these French troops in battle down in Savannah. Now, Savannah, one of the most beautiful cities I've ever been to in my entire life. Gorgeous. I cannot wait to go back. Open container cones. All right. You ever been to a beach down there? 
They've actually been There's to uh, Tybee Island is over there. Yes. Yeah. It's beautiful. Well, it's um, beautiful. We did a couple things for uh, the military over there when I was in there. And then I also did a couple of comedy shows. One, One of the most haunted cities in America, apparently. It is. It's uh, New Orleans, uh, Savannah, and uh, St. Augustine, Florida. So I only have yet to go to New Orleans on that one. But uh, you can stay in a cool bed and breakfast down there. A lot of the town, it's so cool and historical. One of the monuments down there, there's actually a monument to our boy, Casimir Pulaski. So when you take a look at it, over, it's in these giant um, – because Savannah was designed on like an Asian-type architecture that would allow for defense of the city that they would have these circles in the middle of the city. So you, instead of having a four-way stop or an intersection, there's a giant circle here. So Pulaski's leading the siege of Savannah, extremely important city uh, because you have uh, access to all the waterways down there. So it's crucial that we have this. Uh, Pulaski now tries to rush out there and get the French cavalry that's retreating on the field of battle to turn around. So in an attempt to rally them, he takes out his sword like a brave cavalry officer would as he's done so many times in the past. He goes, no, men, keep moving forward and takes grape shot to the chest. Right? Uh, grape shot is like a, a bunch of tiny little cannonballs uh, that you put inside of a cannon. Glued together. Glued together. It's so a it, cannon shotgun. Yes, so it sprays out. It has the same spray pattern as a shotgun. So these chunks of grape shot go into uh, our boy Casimir, and he gets hit. Nah. Loses. Uh, it was, uh, again it, on the horse. Yeah, again on the horse. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you Can't are right, Kerry. Can't win. Maybe he should have just been done with horses after that. This is a piece that they pulled out of him. Uh, it's big too. These are decent sized chunks here, man. It's um, that looks like a whole grape shot, though, like a whole mini cannonball. Well, imagine um a bunch of softballs. Uh, if you go to the batting cages, and they shoot out one softball at a time. Now imagine they shot out eight softballs all at once, right? and a whole softball it, came it, back a, out of him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he gets hit with that, loses consciousness. All right, is uh, knocked off of his horse, loses consciousness, never regains it, dies two days later. So now, and there's controversy around that, too, as to where he died and was buried. Um, so he was uh, hit by the grape shot, and they can't decide whether or not the account that he was brought onto a ship, died on the ship, and buried, buried at, at sea, sea right? uh, was the actual story. Or uh, according to his aide-de-camp... Um, Just means his, his best friend, his BFF, aide-de-camp. Right. Um, <laughs> Whether or not he received a, a burial in Charleston. So they still don't know where he's buried. Well, uh, they uh, do, actually. So, yeah, uh, they exhumed his body. And um, yeah, I, I do want to talk about this for a second. You keep, keep talking because I have a weird note for you. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, they actually uh, exhumed his body. Um, when was it? In, I forget, when, 2005, I think it was. Uh, and did some science on the skeleton to determine whether or not that was actually him. And based on his skull, because he had a a birthmark or a, a scar under his right or left eye uh, was able to d determine that that was actually his body that was buried there. Oh, Did wow. you hear the other weird part where um, they found uh, some female qualities to his body too? I did not know. There's an uh, an allegation or two that uh, Pulaski might have been considered intersex. Now, that might be completely bullshit. We don't know. But what uh, what is for sure is that they did exhume his body, and the body that they presume is his. I'm saying exhume and presume a lot here, but the body that they think is Pulaski's was buried with full military honors. And he does have these plaques to him memorializing him in Savannah, Georgia, right, where he died on the field of battle. And the plaques were placed there by Marquis de Lafayette. Yes. Now, the craziest part of that is the cornerstone that was laid for him is laid in Freemason fashion. Ooh. Ooh. Now we're talking Illuminati conspiracy theory right, shit. I did hear that one. So... There's the allegation that he might have been a member of the Freemasons, and that's why he got along so well with all of our um, founding fathers, if you will, despite the fact he was from another country and uh, you know spoke Polish. But uh, fascinating guy here. He has become a rallying cry for the Polish in America. The Poles in America have a very successful immigrant story, you know, and um, very proud communities too. So anytime you're around a whole lot of Polish people, like out in the Midwest or something like that, they actually get off of For school. Casimir Pulaski Day. You know it. Now, oh, what day yeah. is that, Kerr? The first Monday in March. The first Monday. So I want to let my bosses know now that uh, due to um, – I may not be Polish, but due to my beautiful respect for the Polish people, 
on uh, Monday, March 1st, you said, right, Karen? Uh, no, the first Monday in March. First Monday in March. I'll be giving myself a three-day weekend. And then a couple of weeks later, you'll be giving it again because you're Irish and celebrating <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. Well, hey, you know, it's, uh, it's just I'm so proud of the proud immigrant tradition we have here in America. <laughs> but uh, Pulaski, uh, like we said, a Polish hero and uh, is well-honored in uh, Wallington, New Jersey. Now, the reason we're going to call him a loser, because it's mean to call him a loser when he uh, fights wars uh, on behalf of Polish independence and then dies fighting for American independence. We owe this guy a lot here. Now, So, wait, when you told me that we're going to be doing him and I found out that he's, in fact, Polish, I was like, well, he doesn't qualify as an American loser. The little tidbit of information I got off of Wikipedia... He's one of eight people that were given uh, honorary citizenship of America. Yes, we made him an honorary citizen because we love this guy. All right? He's a good man. Now, why is he on here? Uh, the reason why I think he should be on here is because uh, – and, and I have so much respect for the military. Uh, but here's why he's a loser. Because when you are a winner and what's intended as an honor to commemorate you being a winner is to name this fucking Skyway after you. That uh, Johannesson designs, Boss Haig goes ahead and funds illegally in a lot of ways. And it's considered a modern marvel, but everybody's crashing their fucking car on it and it doesn't work all the time. And there's suicide lanes and it's always down and you hear about it every morning in the traffic news and you just say, fucking Pulaski. <laughs> so, the na- so the name is the loser, but the man is not. So the man's a winner, but we decided to commemorate his memory with something that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like, it's what if. It's not his fault. He had no idea that he, he'd get a shitty bridge named after definitely him. Definitely his fault. What if 200 years from now, all right, um, my, my kids are sitting there and are like, man, uh, we found this old podcast that great great grandpa Kevin used to do. And uh, his friend, the Kahuna, did a great job as the sound engineer. So, we're going to name this new disease after him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it was, man. It's not a good way to be remembered here. But, uh, but I mean, if, like at first people are going to be like, oh, a bridge? Okay, not a big deal. But then you realize the bridge sucks. Like the, the idea, not bad. We in, had in the execution. best of intentions. <laughs> the Kahuna. best of intentions. The but best of intentions. Poorly executed, though. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, that being said, uh, South Beach Larry wasn't here this week, so we're doing our best to film. He's such a huge chunk of the show, man. I love having my dad in here. Uh, so when I can't have him in here, I want to bring family, and that's why I bring my cousins in. That's why my sister's been a regular guest. Kerry Burke, thank you so much for subbing in here of today. Of course, yeah. Uh, um, one last thing to add. He actually me. has a, a U.S. Naval submarine oh, named shit, after him, this. too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you hear that, guys? The USS Casimir Pulaski. Um, it was used during the Cold War. It's uh, Think about this for a second, too. Um, that is a Polish submarine. All right? All the jokes you've ever heard, the Polish submarine, you know, they sank it because it had a screen door. <laughs> All those stupid jokes. Yeah, there's actually a Polish submarine out there. Well, they actually did scrap this one. <laughs> Oof. I believe you. And uh, hopefully they used it to make these cans of this beautiful Super Ego IPA we're drinking from uh, Carton Brewing here in Atlantic Highlands, New Jersey. Uh, Carton, if you're listening... Let sponsor the show, man. Come on, don't make me go to Kane or Icarus or something like that. All right, let's do this card. Let's do it right over here, Kahuna. Thank you so much for doing everything behind the ones and twos. Always. Thank you for the rework on this one. I know we had some problems with that, and it's not your fault either. Um, Kerry Burke's going to be joining South Beach, Larry, down in South Beach. I am. Yeah, you're heading yeah. out tomorrow. I'm, I'm jealous of that. I'm leaving this polar vortex. Yeah. Uh, just send well, today one. wasn't that bad. No, but it's nice out. If there is a snowstorm. After you leave, I'm going to be a very angry kahuna. <laughs> there was a snowstorm last year, so you never know. <laughs> and uh, Mike and Ming, if you're listening, I know Mike's not. But um, <laughs> uh, Ming, Hi, Mike. If, if you're listening, um, I, I just want to say thanks for the mulligan on this one, sir. It won't happen again. Uh, that being said, this was uh, one of our best episodes. I really enjoyed it. I'm so happy. Guys, follow me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, KP Burke. Uh, it's at KP Burke Sucks for Instagram and Twitter. Support the show if you can. Leave us a review. Just click like on an episode on SoundCloud or iTunes. It really helps us out. If you leave us a review on iTunes, we jump up the rankings on that. We're doing really good here. Um, I lose money every time we're doing this, but God damn it, I'm having fun. So that being said, guys, thank you again for everything you do on the show. Uh, That was Casimir Pulaski, American Loser. An American Loser the day I was born. An American Loser the day I was born. American loser the day I was born.